worked with a Man United player and just by engaging with his fans, he went from 6 million views to 57.5 million views in a month. So we grew his engagement from in a month from 661,000 to 4.1 million. So I've always felt like I'm a bit of, can I swear? Yeah, yeah. Can I pull the a bit of a fucking loser. Yeah. I never really understood why. Like, why can't I get some stuff? The default setting for me is waking up, thinking I'm pathetic, I'm a loser, I'm an idiot, unsuccessful, and not be able to achieve anything in my life. Getting that confidence of actually don't say no to everything, start saying yes to everything, brought me out of my shell and made me, allowed me to kind of try and push the, push the boundaries of what my what my achievements could be. So not even 1% of Instagram users actually use the platform as it properly should be used. They just, they just view. Our platform, 65% of our users engage. So focused on making Strava successful, I'm not doing it at the detriment of the sacrifice of my relationship with my children and my family. Dear Santa, I'd like a puppy, I'd like an electric guitar, all this sort of stuff. And there's another letter. He said, write, write another letter to your mum and dad. And I go, okay, fine. He goes, mum, I'd just like to spend some more time with you. Could you put your phone down? That sort of stuff. I just want to spend more time with you. And they pair, this is going to get me again. Would you, um, which letter would you rather send? And every single one of them said, to my mum and dad. And I said, look, I think, I think this is time for me to get another job. I don't think we can, I think there's no more money left. That's it. No more. And she went to, I've never not believed in you, but I, I think for the first time this, this may be the end of the line. It's probably not going to happen. Three minutes later, I get a WhatsApp message on a Friday night saying, Tim, I'm on the mission to make the world a better place for my children, will be your children of future generations. I'm on a mission to help the world to see success differently. For sharing the stories of our guests, I hope to inspire those that listen. This is the Different Hats podcast, produced by H2 Productions. I hope you can join us on this journey. I just wanted to take a moment to talk about one of our sponsors, Nostos, an authentic experience of Greece right here in the heart of Hove. In a world brimming with dining options, finding that one place that captivates your palate and heart isn't always easy. It's about more than food. It's the stories, the ambience, the slice of another world. This is the essence of Nostos, an award-winning Greek restaurant. With traditional recipes passed down through generations, each dish promises a story and a piece of heritage. And Nostos is more than just a restaurant. It's a community contributor. Each dining experience supports initiatives close to their heart, from local charities to cultural events enriching Brighton and Hove's social fabric. They also provide catering services, bringing Greek cuisine to your personal events. For a taste of Greece without leaving town, visit nostos-hove.co.uk. And when you do go, say Sam recommended the Feta Nests. Oh my God, they are amazing. Okay. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today I am talking with a founder of the disruptive social media platform Striver, the world's first abuse-free social media platform created by footballers for fans. Welcome, the legendary Tim Chase. Not sure legendary, I think my two co-founders are legendary, more legendary than I am, but God Man, bless I've you, got put, you. I've got to put you in now, I've seen the three of you on, on stage. Yeah. Gilberto Silva, Roberto Carlos, how's that? Very bizarre, mate. I live <laughs> such a weird life now, it really is bizarre. Um, I think he, I think when I meet some people, other footballers and things, they go, "Is this some bloke like played football? Just don't remember him." <laughs> like they, cause they don't look in their eye. You know, when you meet someone, and you go, "I 
have I met you before? I think I have that when I meet the other <laughs> fortunate enough these other footballers because I'm with Roberto and Gilberto. I think they go, who's it? Either who's this bloke or why don't I know him? I'm like, well, I was most improved player in 1988 for Stenning Town. They've seen you at Stenning, I'm sure. I'm sure. Mate, of course, they've just untapped. I was untapped gold, I was. <laughs> <laughs> mate, listen, so great to have you on. We've obviously known each other for, for quite a few years now. Yeah. When we started True Challenge. We got put in touch yeah. by a mutual friend, didn't we? And, uh, and yeah. it was great to see that place. It's been amazing to see you know, we're, we're delve into it, like how you've pivoted and how it's evolved into to what it is now. And, it's been emotional. And, mate, wow. <laughs> um, well, look, as with the podcast, always I like to, everyone's story starts somewhere. Um, find a little bit more out about you and where your story started. So tell me a little bit about, tell me about life growing up and how that shaped who sits in front of me today. Yeah, so I lived in a little village called Stenning, um, back there now. Um, so yeah, mum and dad, I think they were massively influential in my life. Um, dad knew absolutely nothing about football. He uh, used to live out in the country. I don't think he ever kicked a football until he became my father. I'm the <laughs> oldest out of two. Um, but um, I always remember being every single game. He used to travel loads for work, but I never, I don't think he ever missed a game of football of mine. And he was actually the coach from like under nines till under 16s kind of thing, knowing absolutely nothing about football. But he was there every time. And I think that kind of, s now as a father, I think, being present is, I realise, is more important than kind of anything. You know, you can be, you can be there, but you might not be present. So I've recognised that, and I think they, um, we weren't a wealthy family. We never went without. We weren't hungry. We weren't wealthy or anything, and so we didn't have a surplus of cash. So I think that's where their their parenting of me was perfect to bring me in, into my what I do now. I think so. Before, if I wanted a new pair of football boots, a new pair of trainers, I'd get the uh, the Gola specials from Woolworths for about a tenner. Mate, I think everyone knows high tech. Maybe it's high tech. <laughs> but sponsored by Dennis Wise, wasn't it? <laughs> um, and so, if they wanted, uh, if I wanted those, those are the books they would give me. That's it. That's what you got. Yeah. But if I wanted a bit better, didn't have to go and earn it. You get, it's like you get a ten or fifteen quid, whatever it is for this. And uh, I think that's what led me onto the entrepreneurial spirit of why not just build something. So I remember, I think I was about twelve, and I, uh, me and my mate were doing a, a car washing round just washing the cars from up and down the road. And I found out that all of my mates were too scared to go and knock on the door and say, would you like your car washed? Um, so I realised that I could uh, I could be that person, which meant I didn't have to do the hard work of washing, washing the cars. So we split it 50-50, so I just go and knock on the door and say, um, would you want your car washed? And they'll put a smile on my face, and they go, yeah, of course. And I send my mates over to go and wash it, and we split 50-50. So I think I'd had a load of mates doing my car washing round, and I think I was earning, at, f at about 12 years old, I was earning about 100, qu 100 quid a weekend. So I was like, I'll be able to buy a Ferrari and helicopter soon. You know, you'd have no real <laughs> understanding of the value of money. Yeah, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but I think that lesson of if you want something bad enough, you'll make it happen. I think that's what's kind of led me to work being ridiculous enough to have a co-founders of Roberta Carlos, Roberta Silva and all these other people. It's incredible. I, I always find it fascinating when, like, when I talk to entrepreneurs who come on and some people who, who go yeah like, n never never imagined I was going to run my own business mm. or never thought that I just you know I stumbled I tried a few things didn't work out and then I stumbled on this and this happened and then they built businesses whatever um, can't ever pinpoint necessarily that entrepreneur but w when you talk to someone who really had that entrepreneurial mm. belief just from such a young age like, I think I've always had it like I, w I always say it on the air, I, I watch too much Only Fools and Horses. I think that <laughs> you my can tell with your accent. <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's me. I still in there, there and everything. But it fascinated me to find that. So was was there, when talk to me about life at school. What was that like, your formative years? What, do you enjoy <laughs> school? Was it? 
I don't really, I don't really know because I've, I've about a year ago I got found out I got ADHD, which now makes total sense. I think mm, if yeah. you sp anyone who's ever met me goes, well, of course you have. <laughs> you talk too fast. <laughs> there's too many things going on. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, not yeah. surprised to anyone, but nobody thought of telling me. Um, so I found out that was it, and it was basically I got bored super quickly. I got things quite quickly, mm. but I got bored so quickly I'd be looking around, and then the teacher and I actually see my oldest son doing it now as well. Mm. Um, if you're not you're either in and you're laser focused or you're out, there's no nothing in between, and just sitting down monotonous. If I couldn't understand why we were learning it, I'm out of there kind of thing. So up until I was about 14, 15, just before GCSE, so doing okay, sort of A's and B's sort of stuff, and then just totally fell off a cliff. I think puberty girls that's when i stopped playing football and stuff as well yeah. so i think it all just fell off a cliff and now it all kind of makes sense from this adhd stuff and i think it was uh, a tough slog because i never really felt like i sort of fitted in mm. um i kind of flit in and out of out of sort of friendship groups um and i just kind of never really feel like i could like, like i fitted in kind of yeah, thing yeah. uh not i wasn't an unhappy sort of kid and yeah. not at all I'd just go from one ship friendship group to another and then back again so i think it's it was just it wasn't enjoyable, but I don't want to look back on it with super fond memories. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's it really interesting. Like, for, uh, a lot of people I've had on who, you know, have had a neurodiverse di uh, mm. diagnosis later on in life, and, and exactly that response where they've gone, it just all makes sense now. Yeah. Uh, a, a good friend of mine, James Dempster, come on. He's only like, know James, he's, yeah. you know, James, lovely yeah, yeah. guy. Um, and he talks about his autism and, uh, and yeah. that he got diagnosed late on he just goes it just makes sense yeah. to me we think you mate because I've always felt like I'm a bit of can I swear yeah yeah but with the first I'm a bit of a fucking loser yeah. I've never really understood why like why can't I get some stuff like I get stuck in a a rut of not understanding something yeah. and it was really used to frustrate me I used to it used to go well I'm the idiot I can't understand this. I'm an absolute fucking idiot and a loser. And it's not until I found it out, I was like, well, actually, I now need to combat that now. Because the default setting for me is waking up, thinking I'm pathetic, I'm a loser, I'm an idiot, unsuccessful, and not be able to achieve anything in my life. That's the default setting. And I know I've got to get out, I've got to lift something, something heavy, I've got to have a cold shower, and I've really got to look after my diet and my sleep. If I don't sleep well, I mean, all sorts. I've got three kids, so, it's, so I'm not hiding to nothing already, and one of them is one, right? So I'm not hiding to nothing anyway. But it, it's, I think that has let, made me realise, actually, I've got to fight my, these f kind of feelings that aren't attached to anything. Do you know what I mean? They're not attached to me being pathetic. I've not done anything pathetic. You know, I'm fighting well, for where my... Where does that come from, though? Like, like, I like think that's just my default setting. It's just my default setting. I don't, have I you, from a young age, you was like that? Or only have you noticed that as you've got older? Um, I've only really kind of noticed it and put a kind of notice to it since I've been older. Um, I've always, I was always really kind of quite shy, uh, which sounds weird right now, right? <laughs> 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 and I think I just got to my life. Uh, I, was, I didn't know what I wanted to do at university. Um, which is fortunate because I wouldn't have gone there anyway because my exams were shit. Uh, I didn't want to really be an architect or a psychologist, so I took a year out and set up a recruitment business, rec a removal business with a mate of mine, and then found out that I was quite good at that. Um, and it wasn't until that I was that bit working on the removal vans, realizing this is what real hard like and the camaraderie. And they always said, Tim used to love working with you because no matter how rubbish the job was, you just you didn't complain about it, you just get on with it. And, yeah. You know, and I think that set me well. There's no point in complaining. It's got to get done. The more you complain about it, the longer it's going to take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's the attitude. And that sort of brought me out of my shell a little bit and going, actually, you're not, you're not unique you're in, in a bad way. Um, just go for it. Stop saying no to everything because you're worried. Start saying yes. And I remember watching the Yes Man movie where the guy yeah, changed his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, bollocks, I'm going to do that. And literally said yes to everything. And that's, changed. I must have been 22, 23, yeah. 21, 22, 23. And just, just went, do you know what I'm, I've done now? I'm not going to say no to everything now. I'm going to start saying yes to everything. Sometimes there's a detriment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and that's sort of that, that age group. I st- worked for started in uh, recruitment. So I moved to found out I was good at recruitment. So moved to a company called DGH Recruitment, which I still see the guy now at Wickwoods, Nigel Gunn, yeah. one of the one of the directors. And he really kind of saw a little bit of potential in me. I was sort of too nervous. I thought I thought I could do the job, but being on the phones and trying to sell was a real problem for me. <laughs> and in recruitment, that's not ideal. And he was like, Tim, you've got potential here, but you've just got to fucking pick up that phone. And I was like, okay, fine. And he supported me through that. And I still I respect him so much for giving me that kind of supportive nudge in the right direction. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so he, he, he really helped me. And then I went on to set up my own business that I then um, kind of sold back to the, uh, the original family and the, the two founders. We kind of agreed that I'd move on and set up another recruitment and another recruitment business. And on that journey, eventually set up what we got. So I think finding, getting that confidence of actually don't say no to everything, start saying yes to everything, mm-hmm. brought me out of my shell and made me, allowed me to kind of try and push the, push the boundaries of what my, what my, my achievements could be. I love that example. I'm very much... I'm very much a yes man. I yeah. will say because for me, I always I always think of life as an opportunity. So yep. if some like someone said, "Oh, come meet me for coffee," yeah, what, what's the, because what, what can come of that conversation? Yep. Right, you just never know. There, there is that. Then you get to a certain point in your, your life, and you're saying yes to so many things. You go, actually, I've, you, there is the power of saying no as well. Yep. When I'm trying to, I'm on a journey. I think to try and find that balance there I think there yep. is a, there's definitely a balance because I'm 100% in agreement with you I think it's an opportunity and if you say yes to things stuff comes yeah. with that right and you yeah. know where you're going to come out of that um, I'm, I'm just keen to tap in a little bit just I just want to on, on that process of you've set up your own businesses and yet that narrative I talked on here previously about self-talk and the narrative mm-hmm. that we tell the stories we tell ourselves yep um You've alluded to it a little bit, bit there about the story you tell yourself, pathetic, that those type mm-hmm. of things. What, but yet you still get up and do it. Mm. What, why, why, why is that? What, what is, what is it inside you that goes? Is it that you're trying to prove something different to yourself, or it could be well, but I think without seeing a psychologist, I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> yeah. know. I do see a psychologist occasionally. Yeah. Um, I just don't know. I think it's because I'm so passionate about what I do, mm. and I'm so, um, I believe in so much what we're trying to do, and it, and it's no one else is trying to do it so it's down to me mm. um, and so I'm very happy that the buck stops and the pressure's on all on me and it's just got to get done that's my attitude it's got to get done mm. I'm the one to do it let's get on with it and I don't think that self-talk is constant in me all the time mm. it's just the first hour of the day <laughs> if I don't do that I start yeah I've just got to get out and start fighting I need to start fighting the world uh, so to speak mm. um, as soon as I wake up if I don't if I have to dither around and we have to wait to go out with the kids I've got to get out and either go for a I just go to the gym for a h- ten minutes or half an hour, or a cold shower or a cold cold plunge. Just got to do something just to get me moving. Sitting around and waiting and doing stuff just winds me up. Yeah. Uh, and obviously trying to get three kids out of the house and a missus out of the house. <laughs> it's, uh, it never. That's goes a challenge in itself. Well, <laughs> mate, exactly, mate. Um, so yeah, so that that self talk. I wouldn't don't want to think too much that I'm a depressive character. That's absolutely not. It's just the mm. first part of the day. I know that's my ADHD talking to me, mm. and I know I've got to snap it out of snap out of it. Mm. And as soon as I'm out of it, right, let's go. Yeah. Then, then the warrior mentality comes out, and you've got to go, we've got to get it done. Yeah, it's fascinating. And like I said, I suppose having that diagnosis helps mm. with that, doesn't it? it helps recognise because, yeah. yeah. like you say, you start to recognise. Well, otherwise things. you go, well, I'm, am I depressed? Am I mm. suffering with anxiety? I think they've realised that actually it snaps out, and that that feeling has got. As soon as I get in the gym, I'm literally jumping around the gym, bouncing off the wall. The walls going, ah, now I feel bad. That's what I needed. That's what I needed. 
it's reckon I guess in recognizing those outlets that you've got yeah. that there's something that you you need to because like you said you look at look at what you have achieved mm. <laughs> and you look at you know you, you look at your history recruitment companies mm-hmm. and uh, and and your your journey even so far that of how successful you've been and that, what you've achieved mm. and you know you putting out a a social media platform <laughs> to start a social media platform Madness. that's gonna be a big disruptor which yeah, yeah. W- which is and we're obviously we're going into that a little bit a, a little bit more but um i'm i'm keen up from the let's tap into that from the from the recruitment companies and you know running those for a period of time and then what what, what gets you to a point of starting launching true challenge where, where, I don't know. where, where, <laughs> where did that come into play what how, how do you go from i'm, I'm running recruitment and i'm going to set up a media channel that yeah, yeah. So I became a single dad. That's when it changed. My life yeah. changed. So I became a single dad to my boy who's now 11. Uh, and he was three and a half, four at the time. And um, out of respect for him, um, I won't go into too much details about it, but he was behind in, his, in quite a lot of things. Um, and I realized that I had to take responsibility here. Um, so he um, yeah, became a single dad. He was like a real recluse. So all he wanted to do, didn't want to talk to friends, didn't want to play with toys, just wanted to sit on his iPad. Um, and me, for me, my child was ride my bike till I was born. Sorry, play football till I was born. I ride my bike, and yeah. I'd ride my, when I was born of that, I play football and ride my bike. Yeah. Right, that's my childhood. And he would just sit on and watch uh, this kid, kid called Ryan's Toy Review. The nine-year-old kid, and toy company used to send him toys. He used to unwrap them on you on the video and then play with them. I'm like, why are you watching a kid playing with toys on YouTube when you've got toys in your bedroom you could actually be playing with? <laughs> Uh, and I was a tech headhunter at the time, so I didn't really understand the power of social media or, or YouTube at the time. So I just kind of sat there and observed them a little bit. I these, and they went, we call them now influencers, right, or content creators. These influencers, this Ryan, had so much power over me. He would just sit there watching him, and God bless Ryan, he had a great model, because my boy would then go, Dad, I want this toy. So it's a great marketing <laughs> scheme, right? And I thought, well, there must be a platform out there that rather than my boy just watching these videos, is actually the, this influencer can get him to do something, kick a football, draw a picture, ride a bike, anything at this point is just getting him off his butt to do something. And we kind of all know the first step is the hardest. So I saw, well, there must be a platform out there that he can set a challenge or encourage him to do something. So like this is, go and grab your mum and dad's duvet, 10 pillows and build a fort. This is how I build a fort. Show me the best fort you can make. So I was like, well, maybe that's, I can't find anything. So me being me, I thought, you know, I'm going to build one then. So, um, Fortunately, because I was a tech, uh, t- um, tech headhunter, I had a long list of CTOs, te- chief technical officers in my in my phone that I could contact. And I spoke to, contacted one of them who, wherever he went, I built his tech team for him. So he was like Financial Times and everywhere, a guy called Darren Goldsby. Um, and I said, mate, do you mind if we come up and have lunch and stay sober? I've got an idea. <laughs> I've got an idea for you. And for, I don't think we did, but we we then left the meet, left the um, left the lunch, went up, went to his went to his office, and started sketching things out on the whiteboard, and we said, well, sports is probably the best bit to go with, because sports everyone likes showing off that there are free kicks or keepy ups or lift how much weight they can lift. It's generally an industry which likes to sh- to show off, basically. Yeah. And we thought, well, we but if we're attracting young people, we need to have. A, a massive part of safety here we need to be really safe with it so we had a zero tolerance policy against abuse so we used to manually moderate um i we used to look at them ourselves every video and every uh comment that went up and if it was abusive you would delete your content was deleted and you had a lifetime ban i'm happy to say that in four years of three and a half four years of running it that didn't happen once wow. not yeah. once maybe because of the community we were there um and then we sort of started working with 
Let me start working. So our first ever challenge got two million views and a response from every every um com- every country in the world. So imagine just to put because obviously this is the podcast, people yeah, can't yeah. see in my hand gestures. So imagine YouTube on your on your la- on your iPad, but you could click a button to respond. So you could upload a video responding to the content that you see there. Yeah. That's basically what it was. And then fans could then comment and say, Well done and all that type of stuff. So that's how it started. Wow. Zero tolerance. And th- and th- and that's and it's interesting to see like so from that how this evolved obviously yeah. into what what you're trying to achieve now with with, with Strava because there, there was I remember with True Challenge when we first got in contact and there was great going on and see I think I've done a challenge for yeah. like the thermals community and yeah. people went on and um, I remember what didn't you get me to I think you got me to juggle with a, a toilet roll or something like something that something like that <laughs> did so you do the cold shower challenge because we did the cold shower cold challenge shower, okay yeah 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 because yeah, yeah. we did that because we had a mate because there's a lot of stuff behind this so we've got I've had four mates now take their own lives um, in the last four or five years. So the mental health aspect is a massive part, so we may come on to that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we did a cold shower challenge, and that's where I started doing the cold showers. My mate, uh, Danny Gainsford, he decided to, because after one of our friends took his own life, he decided to do a cold shower challenge. And it was five days of doing a two-minute shower. We were going to say three minutes, but we realised that actually, if you don't do it properly, that brings on the onset of hypothermia. <laughs> we didn't really <laughs> want to do that. <laughs> didn't really want to do that. Um, so, so yeah, so he'd said, well, let's do a cold shower. One, he was, he's a... Um, your behavioural coach uh, down in Lansing at the Perch, and he said, "Look, I'm really passionate about doing something on your platform, Tim. Maybe we can come together." And I said, "Mate, I'll obviously support you whatever you want to mm-hmm. do." So he said, "Let's do five days of a cold shower, two minutes cold shower every single day." And I was like, "Absolutely!" And yeah, I ended up doing one in a diving mask, one in my Mrs. Bikini, all sorts of stuff. Because it had, while it was serious about what we were doing, yeah. we had to do some fun element because it can't just be all serious. Which yeah, kind of like of our platform, it's serious what we do, but it's got to be an element of fun to it. And then the campaign against living miserably got involved. Um, so yes, yeah, so we do do try and do some good, mm. and that's where I started doing cold showers. I mean, it was horrific, but it does something really good for you oh, when you come mate, out. I, I do it every morning as well. Right. It's um, I, I swim in the sea as well. The whole cold therapy stuff is is amazing. Like yeah. for mental health, what it does for your yeah. mindset is is incredible. So there's there's some stuff coming with Doctor Hoofman. He's um, I'm gonna absolutely butcher this. You might want to cut it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it's a part of the brain that actually, when you do something you don't want to do, grows. And it reinforces the behavior of doing something you don't want to do. So you want to do it again and again and again. But the moment you, so cold showers is the perfect example. So I get still two, three years on, I have the talk in the shower. Now I'm not going to do it today. I'm not going to do it today. And then I'll go, all right, I'll do it. And that's how I end up doing it. And I go, I'm so glad I did it. Everything's shaking and and twitching. You probably get that as well. Um, but But the moment you do, you could do the same thing today. You could do the cold shower and you go, I hate it. And tomorrow you go, do you know what? I'm going to love doing the cold shower today. As soon as you do that, the size of the thing halves in your brain. So it's, it really is has to be something you don't want to do. Mm. And it's really beneficial. I say, look it up and maybe put some more information if you put this out as a clip because yeah. I might, I'll probably <laughs> butcher it. But that was the base of the sentiment. Dr. Tim Chase. Dr. Tim Chase has validated <laughs> this, yeah. Mate, it's an amazing, like I say, for me, it's been a game changer, like especially with the sea and as well going yeah. in there. And just, but yeah, definitely it helps. So I'm, I'm keen to be good tap into the, the, the mental health side of it I guess because I, I guess certainly from the platform element there's going to be certainly stuff like that but what about you know, like with with yourself mm. uh, uh, have you suffered with poor mental health or mm. like I think so I think everyone struggles in their own kind of way mm. and whether it's it's finding the way of getting out of it some people were, I went to saw a therapist called you know Hoddy Hoddy I can't I've got to butcher his last name but he really helped me out I go look you've just got ADHD mate I went oh Thanks, mate. That's yeah. all I wanted to hear. Yeah. Um, 
And so I think it's important to kind of know what are your triggers and how you can get out of it. Mm. So for me, if I can't get to the gym or anything, music, I swack on some, even with the kids around. If I know I can't, I've got to look after the kids because uh, the missus is maybe hung over or whatever. I just know music snaps me out of it immediately and I put on some something shouty and dancey. Kids are all dancing, I'm dancing and my elevation, my mood goes up because ADHD is like a, 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 a lack of deficiency in dopamine. Mm. So I'm constantly looking for dopamine hits mm. of, of other, other things, whatever that could be. So that music thing fixes up that excitement. And because I'm doing it with the kids, it's really exciting. So I've now got a different song for each kid uh, <laughs> when it comes on. Yeah, the, um, for the baby, it's uh, something by Pavarotti. So as soon as she hears it, she comes running over like that. Bit of Ness in Dorma. Bit not far off, mate. I'll, I'll butcher a pronounce it. But yeah, so I think it's, it's hugely important. And you've just got to know what, what's, for me, it's what triggers me. And the film ADHD, it's very common for people to feel overwhelmed. And that can be manifested in lots of different ways. So overwhelmed, let's say I've come home from work and I've had a really rubbish day at work and the missus says, right, I'm off out now because I've got to go. And I said I was going to go out two weeks. I told you, I don't remember that. And then I've got to look after all the kids are screaming for food. It's very easy for me to feel overwhelmed. And that's when I feel like the world is against me. Can't someone give me a chance? And I'll go, I have to take a break. I go, right, it's all fine. You don't need to feel overwhelmed. Tell her, tell Ellen, I'm my other half, my fiance. I just need a bit of help for a minute. And she'll go, of course I will. I'll just, I'll just delay going out by half an hour. It's no, no big problem. Mm. And then all of a sudden it starts to mind. So overwhelming leads to um, frustration, which leads to anger, which then is to feel the pathetic and all that th sort of feeling. So mm. I think it's important for everyone to understand what their triggers are, mm. but also that you can get out of it. And it's also really important to have an ally, I think. Yeah. Someone that you can just call, talk to. Yeah, mate. I think that's the... Certainly, I've talked on it a few times about, you know, if I've got into some dark places from time to time and and, and the key is, is is talking to people it is, man. it's um and i guess like i don't know more than most women like like you've alluded to a few friends have taken their own lives mm. and and suicide's still the biggest killer in men under yeah. 45 and you go oh, why is that because it's so difficult for us to mm -hmm. communicate in mm -hmm. this way and be able and the fact that you're able to come on and share those thoughts mm. and me and you can have a conversation about yeah. it now and go you know what actually we are we're going to feel shit from time yeah. to time can I talk about well, I think I think blokes we we know when our mates are struggling mm. I think we just know yeah. I think as blokes we don't know what to say yeah. I think we don't know what to say because we don't want to upset them and make it worse I think that's possibly a bit of it we know like Sam I don't know if you're mate I can see you're struggling mate what's up talk to me about it I don't know if you're going to get your back up because you're struggling a little bit yeah. I don't know what to do to say to you I can see you're struggling I don't know what to do yeah. and I think there's you've just come back from Australia I think they had a project called Sheds Something Sheds yeah. and it's basically you could take a bloke could take something to fix it could be a lawnmower and go to say go to fix that and basically you go to Shed with the other blokes and go I can fix that I've got a spanner come on give me over here I'll bring a spanner goes, I'll need a hammer for that Steve you got a hammer yeah bring it over and they all start fixing it together then the conversations start happening and improve the mental health of that. I think tackling it head on is probably not the way to, to go with certain blokes. For me, it'll be, would you fancy around a golf? Would you fancy a beer? And as you're walking, because it's not, the, if you're looking directly as we are looking directly at each other, it's too direct for us to talk as men. Yeah. We need to be sitting next to each other in a car. So whenever I'm with my oldest boys, um, as every kid does, goes through things at school, I get in a car and go, well, let's go and play, let's go to the mar uh, marina and play a bit of pool or go bowling. In the car on the way back, that's when we have our most honest conversations. Yeah. It's getting them out of that, snapping them out of that behaviour, and it's not direct. It's like, talk to me about it. Yeah, it's actually yeah, careful about how you phrase it to elicit the, the 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 true feeling of stuff. So I think it's, I think blokes, I don't think the problem is recognising it. I think we don't know what to do with it. 
That's such a, yeah. I, you know what? I never thought you're you're exactly right. I think it is that. It's that we we just necessarily know how to communicate with yeah. it because as, as blokes, because we in the past we it's been. I can't talk about it because I've got yeah. a, a, this persona that I've got to have mm-hmm. with me. That I think those barriers are coming down a little mm-hmm. bit more. Um, so the next step is exactly that. It's well, there was one. Uh, there was a suicide charity that um, uh, mentioned about this and saying about are you okay? And mm-hmm. then you go, but are you really okay? Mm-hmm. And how you, how you try and on a, and, and trying to rephrase and reframe mm-hmm. some of that. So on a scale of one to ten, where are where do you sit? Where are you on this point? And trying to allow people to to talk about it in a certain mm-hmm. way. Do you know mm-hmm. I mean? I think that's something that needs to be looked at in some way. Yeah, know. so Simon Sinek said something. He's a guy, I don't know if you know I love yeah, the stuff yeah, he's, he's done. Uh, he's shared something, or I saw a video of his recently that I actually shared, and it's actually, you just need eight minutes with someone. And they don't ask you to solve anything, you just sit there with them, and you go, we don't have enough to talk if you want. Um, and Theo Vaughn said it when they uh, so had I can't remember name, Strickland, Sean Strickland, I think. Is it the USC fighter, yeah, big yeah, tough yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. started crying about past life, past trauma. Uh, and Theo Vaughn said something perfect, and he said, look, we don't even need to talk about it, we can just sit here. We can just sit here, and I'll sit here with you. Sometimes that's all the people need. Yeah. They don't need you to solve it. And I'm guilty of that. My, uh, my natural instinct is, if, as is, is, is to be a, uh, a problem solver. And I think I'm guilty when everyone, some, uh, someone said, I'm not feeling great or something, I could try and fix it. I'm learning now to actually, don't, I don't need that, they just need you to sit with them and hear them out. And Simon Sinek says, it takes eight minutes. Eight minutes is all it needs. So we now, and it's hard for us to ask for advice, so I put out saying, just, t- just send me eight minutes. Or have you got eight minutes? That's the bat signal that's sent up to me. If you need anything, any of my friends, or anyone needs anything, send me eight minutes, or eight, just the letter eight, the number eight, that's it. That's the bat signal, I need you to, to spend some time with me. And it can be walking, anything. Absolutely love that. You're, you're, and you're so right as well. As I think as maybe as men in general, we are heart fixers. That's what we want to do. Yeah. Right, exactly that. We want to we want to solve that problem. You're going to come to me with a you're coming to me with a problem. Because you, I, want, me you want me to fix it. Yeah. yeah. But I don't need you to fix you. Sometimes Sit in the mud with me. you just you just want to just want to sometimes they just want to be heard or just want to want to be there with someone just sit in the mud yeah, just yeah. not to feel alone sometimes sit i mean when mud. i that was that was simon sitting yeah, yeah sit in the mud with me yeah. yeah so you might have seen this so i shared it on uh instagram stories yeah. a couple of days ago uh yeah it's really powerful stuff and i think that's possibly where social media is good is that it can educate you on how to what to say that sort of thing yeah. i don't have to fix it yeah. i can just sit there with him yeah. sometimes we just sit in a pub or sit and sit on a bench in the park sit here and go mate i'm here for you i'm gonna shut the fuck up you can talk to me whenever you want to talk to but i'm here ready when you are mate so powerful, mate. Powerful, mate. Yeah, powerful. Really is. Less is more. Yeah, yeah, mate. Absolutely. And it's often like it's that it's getting comfortable with silence as well. Mm. Being, like, I'm, I'm so guilty of it. And you, you possibly similar to me. As soon as there's a little break, you go, oh, I've got to say something. Mm. And that actually, what I've learned, especially being on here, is and there's a thing from the uh, a quote from Charlie Maxey and the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. That mm. it says often, often and the best answer is just to listen yep and that's so, for me again such a powerful message to go it's okay to just have that silence yeah absolutely and, and and listen and really listen yeah. as a because we our brains are constantly we have a conversation and we're automatically this has taught me a lot but where you go i've got to wait 
waiting for that, waiting for that person to stop so, just, so, so I, I can say what I need. So I've just what I've just done. <laughs> but we do. We're, yeah. it's, it's programmed into us. We yep. automatically do it, and we're waiting. Wait. What what I've tried to learn, and this has helped. Like I said, this has helped me massively. Is actually you're listening to that person to finish what they're going to say yeah. before you respond. So you respond based on what they've said, as opposed to what halfway through the conversation, what I think you're always going to say. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, a, a powerful sort of. Powerful message. Well, look, I want to tell me then. Let, let's talk a little bit about about Striver and how our true. I want to know really how <laughs> you've gone from true challenge to now. You you you've started this media platform that has evolved into now what is going to be. You know, yeah. is going to disrupt social yeah. media. My right? sleeping patterns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my my yeah. blood pressure is disrupting yeah. everything at the moment. Um, so yeah, so we. Um, where do we start? So we work with, um, so yeah, coming out of lockdown, we had some great results mm. from people we work with. We worked with a Man United player, and just by engaging with his fans, he went from six million views to fifty-seven and a half million views in a month, and went for and uh, people in social media kind of recognise or brands have recognised that when you buy a brand deal with someone, you're not buying their followers, you're buying their engagement. So you might have ten million followers, but if only two thousand people like it and, and actually engage with it, you're buying the two thousand, not the ten million. Yeah. Uh, so we grew his engagement from f in a month from 661,000 to 4.1 million. And all he did was put up a piece of content saying, what do you th can you do this trick, how to do it, and then shared five fan responses. That's all he did. And then respond to the posts. That's all he did. Right. Just listening to people. You just said, just listening to people and giving your fans an op opportunity. But what we have is, so social media is the best way. If you're a football club, let's say... You're a Spurs fan, right? Mm. So let's say there was the capacity of White Hart Lane now, 80,000? Yeah, let's yeah. say, for yeah. argument's sake, uh, it's 80,000 people. I mean, there's only, only 80,000 can really share in the glory of Tottenham Hotspur by being in the crowd, by being in the crowd at a game. Now, you've got fans all around the world. It's impossible for those people to get there to a game, mainly because it's sold out all the time, yeah. right? So the, only nec the next best way to do that is with social media because it has the global reach to share things with people. But every social media platform is exactly the same. It's how many likes you've got, how many views you've got, how many followers you've got. And it's a rush to do that. It's the content is slightly different from Twitter to TikTok to Instagram to Facebook and to Snapchat. So we believe that that's, that's cool, but that's, the part, that's in the past. There's a new generation of things where people do want to engage, but they're too scared. So studies have shown that 50% of people are too scared to try something new in real life for the fear of being ridiculed and too scared to post there, I think it's 53%, are too scared to post something on social media for the fear of being ridiculed. So if you look at the engagement stats, the most engaged social media platform at the moment is TikTok. Out of the billions of users they have, how many, what engagement, how many, what percentage of people do you think, so let me start again, what percentage of users of TikTok actually engage on the platform, use the platform as it should be? It's the Ten. most, the biggest one, so the, it's the most engaged platform 20, in the world. 25%? 4.5%. Four and a half percent use TikTok. The next one is Instagram, which is zero point six five percent. It's not even one percent of users use TikTok. Um, and then Facebook and Twitter's the worst at zero point zero one percent, zero point zero one five percent. Don't engage. Do engage. Do engage on. So not even one percent of Instagram users actually use the platform as it properly should be used. They just they just view. Wow, that's staggering, isn't it? Our platform, sixty five percent of our users engage. We've got a drastically smaller audience, but 65% of our users engage. Why is that? I'll tell you. 
gather round. Take ever. Come and listen in there. So, yeah, yeah. so we um so we use AI to totally remove abuse. Sorry, not remove it, stop it happening. So existing platforms, um, you post like you post we post whatever it is a video or a comment, it goes live, and at some point it may get moderated. Normally, most platforms it goes you report it and it goes to a team and then they look at it and then they maybe remove it or one more times one out of ten it just goes I'm dealt with. We feel that actually if one piece of content, of abusive content, whether it's racism, homophobia, anti-Semitic, anything goes up, the damage has been done. If one person sees it, the damage has been done. So we believe in prevention rather than cure. So you go to post a comment on our platform, it's moderated before it goes live. So we stop it even going live. And a video is moderated before it goes live as well. So in fact, we moderate your profile picture, your bio, your co every single comment and every single video that's uploaded to the platform is moderated before it goes live. Once it goes live, once it goes through moderation, then it goes live and amazing things happen. But what we do by removing that layer of abuse, you can still be negative because that's part of us having a discussion. We, yeah. that's part We're part always going to have the same opinion. Right? We're not going to have the same opinions, never. Cause, but, we, but we can discuss it. We're yeah. not going to go to 100 miles an hour like you do on some other platforms where you just go straight to abuse because yeah. you can. I mean, if we were in a pub, I'm, I'm looking at this, me, me and Roberto and Gilberto walked into a bar and someone started hurling abuse at us, we just walk out and leave. And if we walked into a bar where people were pleased to see us, it was generally quite friendly, someone disagreed with us but in the right way, we'll probably stick around and have a couple of drinks and talk to everybody. Yeah. That's our platform. We want everyone to have an opportunity to communicate. We think everyone is the best. My thing is, I tell my kids this, everyone is the best in the world at something. Your life's ambition, your life journey is to find that one thing. It might be making animals out of paper clips. You might be building a social platform, it might be podcast, but you're that's where you go to school. That's where you try new things all the time. That's where you say yes to opportunities because you've got to find that one thing that you are the best in the world at. It could be make, taking free kicks. You're the best person at taking free kicks. It could be drawing posters. It could be videoing. It could be anything, but you've just got to find that's your life's job is to find that one thing that you are the best in the world of. And we want you to celebrate. You want you to find that one thing and celebrate it on Striver. We don't want you to spend your life on social media. We don't want you to spend your life on Striver. We want to help you celebrate those moments. Okay, I'm just going to say something about one of our sponsors, Rivervale. The world of cars, vans and minibuses is often a pain point for many of us. The hassle of finding the right vehicle, let alone looking after it, are all more things to add to our lists as busy people. Rivervale's mission is to make motoring manageable and that's why they provide leasing, purchasing, servicing and vehicle management. So whether you have one family car or a fleet of vans for your business, Rivervale are your trusted vehicle supplier. Visit www.rivervale.co.uk. Okay, let's jump back to the podcast. And it, <clears throat> I'll tell you, one, one thing I'd be really keen to delve into is that the we there's a part of society and a part of our with social media with the news there's so much negativity out there mm -hmm. a lot of hate yeah um, and people almost you know that breeds really quickly mm -hmm. what I love about what you I guess what you're trying to do which I'm I'm hoping it gets, is achieved is that kindness and love mm -hmm. and those type of um, elements are celebrated more than the hate yeah. and the negativity, yeah. the positivity that we can spread in the world. Because the way society is at the moment, that doesn't spread as quick as that potentially. And that's why we designed the platform to do that. Yeah. So our platform isn't designed, our platform is designed about for us, not for me. 
So let's say Roberto Carlos has 30 million followers across his social media channels. Um, let me give you two examples of the content on the platform. So one, everyone knows Roberto Carlos is free kick. He's got a dead leg because every time we go somewhere, 20 people ask him to do his free kick. Um, <laughs> so he says, this is how you do the free kick. Here's three tips to do my free kick. And this is on Striver. You click one button and you can upload a video of yourself doing the same thing. So there's responses that, that are seen. The platform looks, looks similar to TikTok because it's got to have a certain, mm. when you're disrupting, you've got to have a certain amount of familiarity otherwise it's too scary. Mm. So like our profile page looks similar to another platform and um, the, the feeds look similar to other social media <coughs> platforms. So we've got to have a certain amount of familiarity. But the difference in us is we can respond. So whatever you, the video is put up there, you can respond to with your own video and a comment, but with your own video. Yeah. So you respond, Sam, with your own video of Roberto Carlos. And I respond, and I smash the next neighbor's window. And it's funny, you smash and you absolutely nail it, top bins. Yeah. And Roberto is scrolling through all the, all the responses to a challenge, and he sees your video. And he can click a button called Feature. And that button called Feature does magic, right? You get a notification saying you've been featured by Roberto Carlos. And you go, what does that mean? You click on the note. Sorry, if, if you're listening with your headphones, <laughs> yeah. I'm just <laughs> um, you I'll go, turn the volume down. Yeah, turn the volume down. Yeah. Um, what does that mean? And you click on the notification. It's your video and Roberto Carlos' feed. And you go, what? Even as a grown man, you'll probably go be blown away yeah, that Roberto yeah, Carlos yeah. has even seen your video. Yeah. Sorry, seen your video, let alone just kind of vouched for you, if you like. Yeah. But also, everybody else who follows you and everybody else who follows Roberto Carlos gets that same notification saying Sam's been featured by Roberto Carlos. Now, S Roberto only posts content once a week. Mm. So let's say every Saturday he posts. In the time in between the Saturday, con people still want to see content from Roberto Carlos. But his content in between is his fans' content. So now he sees your video. On Monday, they, your, um, the, the content Roberto Carlos puts out is you being featured. So now all Roberto's audience comes over to watch your video and engages with you on your video going, Sam, how did you manage to do that? How long did it take you to do that? That's unbelievable, Sam. Have you ever played professionally? Or, or it can be negative. It can't be abusive, but it can be negative. Taking that layer of abusiveness out means more people want to take part and more people want to engage. Also, players want to engage, like Roberto Carlos, who gives you that bit. But also, so that's the first bit of the physical challenge that we do. Yeah. The other bit which has blown us up a little bit is like, uh, is conversations. So imagine a video version of Twitter. So Gilberto is obviously an Arsenal legend. He says, what do you think Arsenal's chance of winning? I know you're a Spurs fan, so forgive me. <laughs> um, what do you think of Arsenal's chance of winning the Premier League this year? And I'm a Chelsea fan, but I go, we'll pretend that I'm an Arsenal fan. And I respond saying, do you know what, Gilberto? Great win against West Ham at the weekend. Six goals, it's unbelievable. And obviously beating Liverpool the week before that, six massive points. I think we've got a great chance. We've obviously beaten Man City twice this year as well. So I think there's a great chance of us winning this, year, this, this, this season. I do worry about Jesus, though. I'm, he's injury-prone. I know he had surgery in the summer. But he also, he's also not a 20-goal-a-season man. I'd have liked us to do something more in the transfer window. So that's the first. So Gilberto's is the first video. The second layer is my response along with a few others. Yeah. Gilberto can feature my video in the same way that you got featured by Roberto. And I go, oh, my God, Gilberto Silva's... I wouldn't say it now because he does my head in. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you, generally speaking, you go, oh, my God, Gilberto Silva's featured me. What does that mean? That Because of all of the Gilberto Silva fans then go over to watch my video they can then respond to my video so they can go you know what tim i disagree with you i think we've got i think we've got a better chance and jesus is banging them in at the moment plus we're getting goals from everywhere we don't need a 20 goal a season striker man we don't need that at all i still think we're going to win it it's still going to be tough to beat man city again but i think we're going to win it so he then can then feature so you imagine that, um the first video is started by gilberto then there's a layer of responses he can feature any number of those responses of the fan responses yeah people then respond to the people that respond to the video that he's featured from other fan responses and you end up with this huge web of conversations 
with your fan base of everyone engaging giving their opinion without any abuse without the threat of being abused without the threat of being shamed or ridiculed and all Gilberto does is start a video start a conversation and jump into the conversation every now and then and before you know it, you have this wildfire of conversation going on again not necessarily positive but free from the fear of being abused and this is, this is all monitored through AI is it? yeah to, to and moderate so but is every single response moderated before it goes yep. up on yeah every single comment every single video so it takes an extra 0.5 of a second for us to moderate a three minute video say that again it, so when you upload a video on our platform yeah. if you compare it to youtube let's say you're uplo uploading a video three minute video to youtube yeah. you're at home strong decent wi-fi you're uploading a three minute video yeah um however long it takes with youtube Let's say it took 20 seconds with YouTube to upload. It would take 20.5 seconds with us. So we'd moderate that three-minute video in 0.5 of a second. Because that was going to be my next quote. Because we, we're so we're in a society. Sorry, mate. Do you want to not, not say? Do you want to cut that bit out? And you can ask the question. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Oh, the point I'm going to was going to make is that that there's so much of of society and there's so much of social media that it's that the yep. interaction's got to be that yep. instant, isn't it? That's incredible that it's that, that quick. That well, so firstly, we get the argument that um, you're affecting my freedom of speech. We get that we get that kind of question rather than levelled at us. And we say, well, actually, you stop people's freedom of speech by allowing too much, too much abuse. If you, if you knew you were going into a chat, you wouldn't post something on social media into a room because you knew you were going to get abused for it. So actually heart removing the freedom of speech because it's just the person who shouts loudest and is the most abused. We go, I can't be bothered with that. Whereas if every, we just, we're not stopping being negative, we're just stopping the, the high level abuse. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you remove that out, then people want to engage and people want to converse. I, w I want to come on to some challenges as well and we'll talk about that as, as a whole. For, for the business but I'm keen to just touch on this point now as well was what, what other because you mentioned there about some of the feedback you've got oh, freedom of speech mm -hmm. or whatever what, in a world where social media platforms are do you yep. know what I mean what other feedback have you had maybe to, that might prove to be challenging so one of the things is that well for years social media saying it can't be done it's, too, it's a possible task. We'll have to, it'd be, we'd have to create too big a team to be able to do it. We'd have to create thousands of jobs or hundreds of people that would sit there and monitor this content. We've shown in three months you can do it. You can totally remove abuse. So our, plat uh, our platform stops 99.9817% of abuse. That's pretty much pretty good within three months, right? Pretty good within three months. So we've removed that thing you can't do it. And we say prevention is better than cure. And what I mean by that is by stopping the content going up live, we don't have to. We don't have to go around retrospectively removing stuff because it's damaging. That's whereas the existing platforms are so massive now, it's impossible for them bring, to bring content down. They wouldn't. I don't know where they would start. Yeah. And I understand that. But that's why with this new wave of social media platforms, we've got We Are Eight who are, are doing okay. Because um, and, and I know that Instagram removed th 34 million pieces of content which is sexualizing children. About two months ago, they removed it. 34 million pieces of content sexualizing children. If that's not a reason to kind of remove <laughs> to find a new to find a solution, not even necessarily Striver, mm -hmm. but remove that. And I know there's another case where uh, in America, I don't know if you've seen, but 41 states in America are now suing Meta because they're intentionally doing got products that damage young kids' mental mental health. 
they know it's damaging them internally they know it's damaging mental health of kids and they're not doing anything about it so yeah 41 states in america are now suing meta so it's becoming more and more apparent i mean it's 20 years old it was an experiment i think a glass experiment and i think social media intended to do good that's what intended to do good. I think Facebook's first motto was connecting people or something similar to that. You couldn't, you could argue that there hasn't been more divisive force in the world <laughs> in the last 20 years or ever than social media. And it's the algorithms that push things through and you end up going down a rabbit hole of stuff. And I see it when I'm on YouTube and I've got a spare 30 minutes on the, on the old, <laughs> on the, on the old uh, throne. Uh, and you end up getting, going down this rabbit hole of, of anything. And you go, whoa, 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 whoa. And I kind of, I'm in the industry, so I get what's, get what's happening, but it's really hard to step away from it. And before you know it, you've been on your phone for an hour. But are you, with Striver, what's going to, because if it's an engaging site, mm -hmm. will, it, will it not still, will it not still create that for people? Will it not still create that rabbit hole for people that want to be on it and they're waiting to see, Roberto card, is he going to pick me? Mm -hmm. is, is there not still that maybe? Good question. So we, so on that bit of where I was talking about you about one thing in life find out what your one thing is I have another thing which is moments and I think it's impossible to be the best husband all the time it's impossible to be the best father all the time it's impossible to be the best boss or or employee all the time it's about moments and you've got to have those moments which you remember oh, do you remember when we went to Cornwall with the kids and we went crabbing oh, such a good idea and everyone remembers it yeah. or do you remember we had that meeting you, me and you Tom Sam we went to this meeting we absolutely smashed it could you remember that Absolutely loved it. George, you remember that amazing dinner? Do you remember that amazing romantic weekend break we went on? Not you and me, <laughs> me and the missus. But it's about those moments you remember. So our platform is going to have moments on it, which you celebrate the moments that you've been, that you've achieved something. So we're going to celebrate your real world activity online. So you come to our platform to celebrate your achievements. So you, when you've achieved the Roberto Carlos free kick, and you only, you only can do the Roberto Carlos free kick is if you go outside and kick a football. Your LeBron James three-pointer, or your Steph Curry three-pointer, or your... Roy McAvoy drive or, th or um, Brian Lara six all these moments that you can put on our platform and celebrate maybe even with Brian Lara himself Brian Lara recognises it that's the bits we want to celebrate so we encourage we reward real world activity on our platform there's a point system that we come into as well um, yeah but, but we, um, and I, I love that it's a great uh, it's a great idea but will it, will, is, is there still I guess I'm still trying to get my head around the fact that it's still it's still a social platform mm -hmm. that we still that people will still crave because ultimately we as a society we still crave external validation we do don't we so we're where there's still that point of i'm putting my real world activity on there that i still want to crave those likes or mm -hmm. those things it's really important so we work with a guy called professor paul dolan and he we had you could win a challenge so let's say let's say arsenal did a challenge and they had 100,000 responses and there was one winner of it. Human nature is that if there's only one winner, I could alienate 99,999 people who would never take part in a challenge on a platform because they didn't win. So we had to come up with a solution to keep people engaged because social, you know, when you, when, you, when you see stuff on Twitter, can you follow me, can you retweet me? Mm. It's all that social currency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Social media currency, yeah, online yeah. currency, which people have, which is all, it's the, it's the blue tick. Now they bought. Now you can just buy it. So it's the the value of it has gone down just because they wanted to make some money. So we had to create a value proposition on our platform with activities which rewards behaviour. So that feature thing is better than a retweet because it's actually him saying I really like what you've done, shown his whole audience. So it's a it's a supercharged version of a retweet basically. It's a recommendation. 
and we change words so you don't have a like on our platform, you have kudos. Now the definition of the word kudos is reward for achievement. So it's not like as arbitrary. Yeah. I like you, I like you looking in a bikini, I like that bit. Whereas kudos means well done. Yeah. So it's a small, subtle little changes that we make on our platform yeah. that do that. And I think we'll all we've got we'll always have a constant battle of people sticking themselves and constantly churning through and watching content. But there's other platforms you can do that on. We're not saying don't use any other platform, just use Striver. <laughs> use us as part of it. And we, want, we won't have an algorithm. We don't have algorithms which are constantly trying to churn you to keep up with watching this, watching this, watching this. We've, we, our algorithm is we've seen you like this. We've seen you taken part in this free kick, Roberto Carlos free kick challenge. Yeah. Have a go at this Harry Maguire free kick challenge. Or have a go at this. Or have a go, we've seen you like, you've done a Roberto Carlos challenge. Maybe you're a Real Madrid fan. Here's a bit of Real Madrid content, which you can engage in. So our platform is all about going, our platform, we would rather have one video with 100,000 responses rather than 100,000 videos with no responses. Our platform, you've got other platforms for loads of videos to watch videos. Our platform is about engaging. So it's the engagement's the, that's the key. Then I guess, because ultimately it was social media, Twitter, to create a platform to have conversation. Yeah. To, like you said, to connect. amazing that, things. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to connect initially. Um, and has it gone down a, but like you said, is it is it created something that has meant that we're more disengaged and not in the moment of? <laughs> we're not just necessarily disengaged, but we just with people in the room, for example. Yes, I'm absolutely. There on my phone, when my kids are playing in front of me. I think we're all guilty of that. I do. I I come to kind of I like worked my ass off all day, and I've got quite a strict thing because work's so mental. I get up at five, work for a bit. And then the kids get up, I get them ready for school because while I want to be successful and build a successful platform, I don't want to lose out on my kids' childhood. It's super important for me. So my work day is 5 a.m. start work and then seven the kids, uh, nine, about 8.30 the kids go to school. That's when I start working again. And the kids come back home from th about three. I'm back home by four. I work with them, to for, I play with them for a couple of hours and do dinner and stuff. And then I'm back on working again at seven. Um, so that's, that's pretty that's much every day because I'm not, while I'm, so focused on making Striver successful, I'm not doing it at the detriment of the sacrifice of my relationship with my children and my family. So I've got to make it work. Mate, that's such a. That's I, I talk about that on here a lot, and that, but that's such a powerful message, especially trying to build something of the magnitude that you are, mm. but still recognizing. Yeah. To have that balance. Is well, I think, such I was, a and the reason I was going to say is because uh, I'm guilty of it as many else. You kind of sit down and you go, oh, "I've got to do that quick email." She did a quick email, and they suddenly get a notification. You look at that, and before you know it, you've spent 20 minutes scrolling through YouTube Shorts or TikTok or Facebook or something. And I had to go, "What are you doing?" I literally put my phone in the utility room, shut the door. I go, "Right, kids, I'm here. What do you want to do?" And one of them hits me in the balls. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> so but that, are, you, are you are you strict with that? Then yes. you will go and put your phone away. Yes. And you will go, yeah, really? absolutely. Absolutely, it's got to be miles away from me, otherwise I'd be tempted. I hear it ping off and I go, oh, who's that, what's that me? There's nothing in the world that's going to happen. The only, th do you know what? The only thing in the world that's going to happen that I need an urgent notification of is something that's going to happen to one of my children. I'm with them. There's nothing more important that can happen. There's nothing more urgent than that. Everything else is, has a time scale that, I c that will wait for me. And I say it to my Ellen on my other half. Um, she suffers a lot with mum guilt because she works. And I said, look, it's three o'clock, the kids come home from school. Put your phone in a different room, turn your notifications off, do what you're going to do, spend time with the kids. Otherwise, you're going to be working with the kids. You'll be working when you should be with the kids, and you'll be with the kids when you should be working. You're never going to do it. You're, you're in a thankless task. Turn your phone off or they're going to throw it in the garden. Spend some time with the kids, and then we both get back on working when the kids go to bed. It's, it, 
it's really interesting you talk because it almost like holds a mirror up to I'm sure a lot of listeners. This is exactly what I've done. This is exactly what I've done. Do you know what? I've, oh, sorry to interrupt you. We're talking about listening and I'm interrupting no, you. No, 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 so go. there's there's a Christmas advert which almost brings tears to my eyes. And I remember crying my eyes out when I saw it first. It was an IKEA advert. And the, the voice, there's the young kids, probably between the age of four and eight, that's what I can say. And there's a load of kids, and they said, Right, you can write a letter. You can write a letter to Santa what you want. Okay, they write a letter to their mum, dear Santa, I'd like a puppy, I'd like an electric guitar, all this sort of stuff. And there was another letter. He said, Right, you write another letter to your mum and dad. And they go, Okay, fine. He goes, Mum, I'd just like to spend some more time with you. Could you put your phone down? That sort of stuff. I just want to spend more time with you. And they, par- this is going to get me again. Would you, um, which letter would you rather send? And every single one of them said, to my mum and dad. Every single one of them. <laughs> it does you, doesn't it? Because you, as a parent, sit there and listen to something like that. No, how guilty I am of mate. But we have to do. But it's what we have to do sometimes. We have to take to make that sacrifice that we would rather be like go away and work full time. Like I hate being away from my family for one night, and so I've got to be away for seven nights in Saudi Arabia, and and uh, Qatar talking at conferences. And I go, I've got to make the sacrifice, but the kids don't make that sacrifice. They're not willing to make that sacrifice yet, but they've got to understand. Do you know what I mean? It's got. You can't be. Per- there's no such thing as the perfect life. And sometimes we have to do things to build a house, to put a house over there, to put a roof over there, roof over their heads. Yeah. But it's just being aware that when you're not working, fucking throw your phone away. You know, it's just done. That, that video's just done us, right? Mate, and how honestly, powerful that is. Yeah. That, and that video sticks with me. And as soon as I'm on my phone for 10 minutes, I'm going, what are you doing? And I get pissed off that I'm even looking at my phone. I go, right, kids, let's go and build a fort. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But you just, it's recognizing it. Because I always. Oh. Kelly, she always she pulled me up on it a lot, mm. and she and she says the same. She's good with it as well, and she um, does it busy and stuff like that. And we little things at the table, no phones. That's yep. a little thing we've started to do, and great the little bits like that that work. But I think because I always I sort of there's a part of me justifies certain things where you go like 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 you've mentioned like you're going away, and I I, I love the fact that. We do, we love what we do. Mm-hmm. We're passionate about that, yep. and that's something I want to instill in them. Yep. I want them to understand that, uh, you know, Daddy does get up early and go and, and works, and he does work late, and mm-hmm. he does do these things. And but I love what I do, and I'm trying mm-hmm. to. So I'm hoping I'm teaching them a certain lesson yeah. there to a degree. But if I'm being completely honest, I think that's me trying to justify mm-hmm. me not doing, mm-hmm. not going. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I can chuck that phone away. Mm-hmm. I need to be here with you because I'm there again. And I, I mean, what uh, Kelly has said to me a lot, you're here, you're not really here. And even if I haven't got my phone, yeah, I'm not really there. We run businesses, mate. There's, it's all consuming. There's not a moment in the day where I'm not panicking about, are we going to make payroll this month? Are we, you know, it's, not, it's all consuming. Mm-hmm. All consuming. But my kids didn't sign up for that. They signed up for stupid dad Tim, not miserable bloke Tim. And actually, now I've, I've switched that. They're actually one of the, my releases. So me dicking around with my kids is the best release to not think about work because they won't allow me. One of them wanted me to dance. One of them wanted to draw with them. One of them be talking about FIFA. There's no better way to not think about work than do spend time with the people you're doing it for. And I think we can't beat ourselves up. There's never been a harder time. Like parents, it's really hard for parents now 
But I remember my mum didn't work very much. There's no chance of families nowadays where both parent, one parent stays at home. It's not impossible with yeah. what's going on. So we've got, while we can beat ourselves up a little bit with having the phones, we've got to give ourselves a break and go, it's really fucking hard at the moment. We've got to give ourselves a break. But what we can do is go, do you know what? I have to go away for work. I have to. Daddy has to do that. They need to understand that daddy, that you have to work and it's important to have a strong work ethic. Mm. And, ev- and, they, and they can see that. But there's no excuse for being, not being present with them. Because that's that's the bit that will kill them. If you're not there, they go, "Oh, daddy's at, daddy's at work, or mummy's at work." That's the bit they can deal with. And you're sitting there on your phone, mm. sitting there on your phone, not even doing. If you're sending a really important email that is really important, f- absolutely cool with that. Absolutely cool. If you're dicking around on LinkedIn, social media, on yeah, social yeah. media, or playing a game, there's no really an excuse for that. I completely agree. I completely agree. Taking the wind out of this podcast, haven't I? No, <laughs> mate, honestly, but this is one of the uh, one of the in honesty, one of the reasons I wanted to, uh, I've started this and I wanted to do this because I wanted to have these real conversations and I wanted to be uh, and talk about a lot of the stuff that I struggle with. This yeah. is therapy for me, right? Yeah, yeah. This is cathartic for me, but I talk to people who are in it with me, doing mm. the same things, d- running their own businesses, and, and but actually being able to be honest and, and talk about the things that we all struggle with and we can all post on social media just been to Australia and oh, I've had a great time in yep. Australia and I did have an amazing time in Australia and I did work while I was out there. Mm-hmm. I didn't switch off completely. I did, but I was, I was in the pool with them and I was in the pool with them and I was playing and I, w- I was there at that moment and not thinking about work because I'm able to get up and I've got some stuff done before people are up and th- that was, I'm okay with that and I think mm-hmm. that's the juggle of trying to get to that point where you go, <sighs> What, what is it as 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 individuals? Can I? I'm not going to be perfect every day, but I'm going to do the best I can to be. Uh, and there's some days I'm going to be a better father than I am businessman, and there's going to be other days I'm a better businessman than I am father. I'm, I haven't got the balance right yet, but I'm hoping that the the father one mm-hmm. is the one that I focus on and become better at yeah. more than I do the I said earlier, last about moments, it's impossible to be the best dad all the time. Mm. It's impossible to be the best mum all the time. It's impossible to be the best father. Mm. Anything you like, best at anything mm. all the time. So you've got to give yourself a break a little bit. And that's what I'm learning to give myself a break with the ADHD. Yeah, sure. Giving yourself a little bit of a break sometimes is, is really, really valuable. Yeah. And I think also, to be honest, so whenever I make a mistake, um, I tell the kids, so like, I had an incident um, where I didn't sign a form for my son, my oldest son to play football. And he wasn't allowed to play football. So all his mates left school early and went to play football. And he walked, walked home by himself. And I tried to talk to the school and went, for insurance reasons, he can't. And I had to put my hand up and said, mate, I didn't realise I had to fill that email in so quickly. I didn't realise there was a, a, a cutoff or a deadline for you to send that, mate. That's my fault, mate. I've got no excuses here. I'm really sorry. I've got no excuses to do it. I'm just sitting here apologising to you. And I think it's important for them to realise that dads make mistakes as well. And there's not really a problem with it. And I said, look, I promise you it would never happen again. And <laughs> it touched what it hasn't. But I think showing that you're fallible and you make mistakes nobody's perfect then it takes the pressure off them to feel like mistakes and then it takes the pressure off if he makes a mistake he can come to me and talk to me about it and that that alone is such a valuable lesson yeah and it for 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 us as as adults yeah. now that it's it's okay but because i don't think that and i've got an amazing relation with my mom and dad but i don't necessarily feel that we had those conversations mm. it wasn't part of no. society or nature the way that pe- way we was brought up and, and 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 things at the time but i think again honesty vulnerability we talked about the mental health side of it if we can do that as parents as well 
we're gonna the next generation we're gonna be building a generation that can communicate yeah. more so, right? I think so. I think so that's the aim. This is Geo. Geo runs a scarf company. Geo doesn't see the need for telecoms. Everybody uses mobiles now. But can a mobile really be a business phone? Geo is having coffee with a client, Gabby. Well actually, Geo prefers acacia leaf tea. But what happens when someone calls? It could be a big new deal. Surely it would be rude to take the call? But many people hate leaving messages. They may just call a competitor instead. What can Geo do? The answer is simple. Turn the mobile into a business phone. With the GoGiraffe app, Geo can quickly transfer the call. Or before the meeting, Geo can simply use the app to divert calls. No more missed calls, lost deals or unhappy customers. Turn your mobile into a business phone today. Go Giraffe. Mate, <laughs> honestly, oh, amazing. Oh, I think, look, let, let's, I want to tell you about, I want to go look at building a tech platform as you are. Got to be some challenges along well, any business, right? <laughs> yeah. Got to be some challenges along yeah. the way. But within the tech, within the tech industry, mm-hmm. especially from building a platform as you are, I can imagine over the last couple of years, there's been, there's been a few challenges along the way. Come up, a lot of money goes into building something of this magnitude, mm-hmm. funding, investment, all of those things. Talk to me about, talk to me about some of the challenges that you, you faced. Yeah, so the, the biggest one we had was so when I might decided to make the change from True Challenge to Striver, mm-hmm. uh, we're getting some investment in, and that investment deal fell through. We were gunning up for it, so I hadn't been paid nine months at this point. And as you can imagine, having two young kids and another one on the way, the stress behind that, and my parents and my other half's parents basically payrolled us. So imagine having my son was two, and I'd never bought him a Christmas present, never bought him a birthday present because I didn't have any money. So that does something to a man, and it kind of rips your soul out a little bit. So I had to keep him going. I knew I had to keep him going. I was on this mission. Um, And I remember um, I I went to my mum's house and said, look, mum, I remember sitting on the patio of her, of her back garden and saying, Mum, I need to borrow 100 quid. The kids haven't got any food and Ellen and I haven't eaten. We've had two pieces of toast to eat in the last two days. I need to borrow 100 quid off you for some food. And my mum's sitting down and she goes, started crying. She goes, OK, Tim, but that's it. I'm now out. Me and your dad have no money left now. That's it. I went home and went to Ellen, who was eight months pregnant. Um, lying in the bed and she was up and I said look I think I think this is time for me to get another job I don't think we can I think there's no more money left that's it no more and she went to I've never not believed in you but I, I think for the first time this this may be the end of the line this drive is not going to happen okay so I started thinking about doing that and then I get a message from my mate my best mate who's my best man Andrew and he said look Tim kids, I know you can't afford to go for a beer come around my kids are away my wife and my kids are away come around we'll have a beer and a couple of gin and tonics and we'll set the world to right and after a couple of drinks, he said, Tim, as your, as your best mate, I've got to say something. You've got to do it, another. You've got to get a job, mate. I can see the stress that you're under and that Eleanor's under. And I can see it's, I think I feel it's starting to affect the kids a little bit. No, not the kids. You never said the kids. I can see that it's putting on your Eleanor. I was your mum and she's, she's feeling it now. I think, I think now's the time you've got to fucking be a man and get another job. I was like, mate, I've, I can't, this is a Friday night. I'm like, fucking hell, I thought it was another beer to forget all this sort of stuff. And then I was like, do you know what? 
I think it is, and obviously he's got really upset about it. And he goes, mate, I don't want to be an arsehole, but I wouldn't be your friend if I didn't say this to you. Three minutes later, I get a WhatsApp message on a Friday night saying, Tim, it's uh, Johannity, I'm in. Let's start this project. I'm in. I've got to, I'm, I'm going to invest. And just the elation, the relief on my shoulders was like, fucking, I'm going to start the project. And I was like, I can pay the kids. <gasps> I can get Christmas presents for people. That's how close it comes to shutting things down. Uh, and I res respect my, my, my mate for telling me that. In the other way around, I'd hoped I would say that to him if it was the case. Hopefully it won't be because he's uh, got his own business as well. But that's how close, that's how close you have to, to sail close to you have to go to the wind to, to kind of decide you, how willing how much you're willing to sacrifice how much you're willing to suffer for this it's a couple of things there one, one I guess but like you mentioned earlier about being a father and having that situation you, you can make the decision to suffer and go I'm going to suffer Bruno sat on here and talked to me about it he said life's about suffering and mm -hmm. it's fine and you get and that's what gets you through and everything yep. but they necessarily haven't yep. made that decision to do it so that's where that pause that you you are um, if you go back had that text message not come in do you think that could have been it that would have been it yeah yeah yep that would have been it Then leads you on to the point of going. Things happen sometimes for a reason. In anything in life, business especially, need that little bit of luck, little bit of right time, right mm -hmm. place. And here you are, got out of that mm -hmm. from that situation, and you're building something that's going to be quite special. Let's yep. be honest. Um, if we do achieve what. It what you have and I guess the the tough thing is as an as an individual having that resilience to hold mm. on to that point and, and yeah. coming back from it right yeah I don't know I don't know where I genuinely don't know where it comes from I think there's it, it this it sends you a little bit mad this entrepreneurial mm. kind of thing it sends <laughs> yeah. you absolutely mad um, and I, and I think it's just this unwillingness to quit I'm not going to quit until this is successful no matter what it takes obviously without the detriment of my family mm. but um, I'll suffer as much as it needs to take to make this successful because I feel like I'm on a bigger purpose here not just make Tim a millionaire that's not why I'm here mm. I'm here to wait, make, I'm on a mission to make the world a better place for my children for your children and for future generations the world can't go on with being this abusive to each other and the social media goes into the real world people think it's okay to abuse people on social media and okay to abuse people in the real world because of that and I think by making a small change on online that could hopefully transmit and translate to the real world and that's my mission is to make the world a bit of a better place my job was as a human before i pop my clogs is to make the world a little bit of a better place for my kids and their kids and their kids hey, what, what a purpose right that's we it do, we, we we go through i talk a lot on here about uh, finding our why our purpose what we do because ultimately the whole measurement of success we'll come on to that a little bit later but the measurement of success that it's not on a financial status no. of course we want to get there we want to have that I, I get the feeling both of us are not driven by money right no. the lack of it mm -hmm. is what keeps us up at night <laughs> yeah and stresses us out absolutely you've still got your hair you're lucky well it's <laughs> great it's falling out it's great it's taking me longer to wash my face and less time to wash my hair <laughs> <laughs> but is it is it that 
what's the alternative? I guess for me, I always question what is the alternative to this life that is going to get in a job. And, and I've yep. always said, from right from the start, I will, if it ever gets to the point I'll go and stack shelves in Tesco's if I had to put food on the table, yep. I had to do that. I would mm. not do it. I'd like to think that I've got, an, I've, I'm in a position where I've doing what I do or I've, I'm, uh, uh, and I'll get to a point where I always will find a way. Yep. Always find yep. a way. I think exactly. that's what we do. We're problem yep. solvers. Like you said, we always will find a way mm -hmm. um, to do it. But it's so just like Kelly always says, well, what will it take? Like, so we've been in some dark places and sometimes yep. she'll say to me, what, what is it going to take for you to just go, I've got to stop this now, mm -hmm. this dream and this thing that you're trying to do or these, yep. these things you're trying to do. When are you going to stop and go? And uh, But... I don't know what the, I, 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 for me personally, I don't know how you feel about this, but I don't, I don't know that I've got that, I would always do it if I needed to, but I, I thought there's that belief that I'll, there's something more out there. Yeah, so I think some people talk about the fear of failure, mm. and people say, you just obviously have no fear of failure. And I go, well, I don't think it's I have a problem with the fear of failure. I have a fear of not trying absolutely everything. That's what I have a fear of, mm. is not shooting every, not leaving bullets in the holsters not trying absolutely everything and when i feel like we tried absolutely everything then i might go okay this isn't this is a, wasn't, wasn't okay. a great idea but with the people we have behind us the roberto carlos of the world harry Maguire's, we've got unbelievable players fifa coming on board we've got s and we're going to other sports we're doing some really amazing things in music uh i probably can't talk to it now but i'll tell you off yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. um and i don't think that there's anything there until i go to the point we've tried everything if i generally can sit i'm go we've tried everything there's nothing left then i may give up but there'd always be one other idea. And the beauty of ADHD is I've already had 10 ideas while we've been sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Because what, what is then, what, you talk about that, that fear of failure. What, what is your relationship like with failure? I've had some horrific failures in my life. Talk horrific. About that. Um, actually, for a couple of legal reasons, I can't. <laughs> not <laughs> yeah, that yeah. I've been arrested or anything, <laughs> but for NDAs offside yeah, and stuff. Sure, sure. So, um, I've had some big, big plays that've been really traumatic, um, but financially or uh, sorry, yeah, financially, emotionally, um, I think. But it's it was resolved. So that whole thing that which doesn't kill you makes you stronger, mm. and I think it's your determination. You know, I I don't. No one else tells me when I quit. I say when I quit, and this thing only fails when I quit, and I ain't going to be quitting anytime soon. Because it's, 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 again, it's back to that resilience piece, isn't it? And, mm -hmm. and recognising inside us that we've got something that we, I, d I don't want to give up. Don't want to. Yeah. But, like, like, so for me, like, the, the, the failure piece, I remember cl closing the salon, and I felt like that was a failure. Yeah. I felt like, but I learned so much from that, that you reframe that in your head, that you go, I've come out of it. And I, I, I guess that's where I, there's, there's no fear for me of failure because failure is how we learn and it's okay. tripping up and it's like uh, you look at true challenge as that started it's pivoted and changed into something yeah. else that is that maybe not exactly what you thought it was so miles be, away from where we started yeah 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 yeah, right. yeah. so and especially in tech there's got to be that thing there's got to be things that you're going to constantly try and make oh, mistakes right absolutely so we've got to be trying and testing all the time we're trying and testing and trying and failing and trying and failing and it's mm. there's there'll be nine out of ten times we try something and there'll be nine fails and one win mm. and you've got to be able to we've got to be able to risk doing that 
you've just had to be able to risk doing that. Otherwise, you just stand still. You've got to be able. To, I think there's more. I'll be more worried about um, not trying new things to stay ahead of the curve, and not being willing to pivot when there's we know there's an issue coming down the road, mm. and not pivoting to something else. That'll be a more of an issue for me and probably my shareholders mm. if I wasn't willing to change. Then actually, yeah, just trying things, new, trying new things. That's the p you've got to be able to pivot and, and adapt because the market and certainly tech changes so quickly. You've just got to be, just got to see it coming and be able to adapt really, really quickly. So we've got, I think we've got 98 products still to add to Striver in the next three years, and that that, that goes up, by, it's gone up by 10 already today, just by sitting here. <laughs> so there's, and they're all about making the world a better place, making the fans feel respected and heard. So it's less about um, the footballers and stuff because they've got their their accolades and stuff, and they, I think most footballers, most most celebrities and, and athletes and clubs do want to engage. They just don't want to get abused with it. You know, there's some of these. Oh, I've seen the death threats that Man United players get from their their other halves. DM me one person who's sending your husband's a monkey a thousand times, and a thousand times I hope your kid gets cancer because he's because he, he missed placed the back pass. That's not right. That's not right. Well, it even goes back, like, you, I don't know if you've seen the David Beckham documentary, like, yeah. but, like, what happened when he come back after the World Cup? Imagine if there was social media then. <laughs> exactly, yeah, that was but, but that's what then. I mean, like, it, it, was, it was disgusting, actually, yeah. and I've always been a massive Beckham fan, so I was like, I, I just, it was disgusting how he was treated yeah. when, he, when he come back, and shows how fickle people are, and that's why... And and then and again, look, you highlight something like like with Caroline Flack, mm -hmm. people like, like you know what I mean the amount of abuse that people can get that it's it's it is disgusting, mm -hmm. and the world's got to change. Yeah, and yep. and is is it your belief, or do you feel that Striver has disrupted? We use that word disruption a lot. That will will change the game, where the other social media platforms will have to follow. Is that your ambition for it, or is that like talk, talk to me about that that process? Yeah, I can't control what other platforms do. I'm going to be responsible for me. Yeah. Um, I think they are possibly because of the shareholders and, uh, and and things like this. They've got certain targets to hit, mm. and if Mark Zuckerberg doesn't hit that, then he could be sacked from his own company. Mm. And the same with the other CEOs. So I think they they play a game, very very careful game, which is obviously to do with money. They have to get the right advertising revenue in and hit their quarterly targets and things. Otherwise, they're all essentially losing their jobs yeah. I don't have that problem <laughs> we don't have that sort of thing because we're not that big so we can do whatever we want for the benefit of our user yeah. whereas all these other social platforms do anything to make money at the detriment of the user so we're putting the user first making sure their experience in the real world and on our platform is elevated and is that because like, difficult to answer this question I guess but When that, when, when, the, especially being in a position you have been with the financial side of stuff, if you're building something that grows to that, will that always be the primary element yep. of Striver? Yeah, absolutely. It'll never be about the. A hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. Obviously, there'll be a money-making element to it, but we won't be making. With any business, it's got to be whatever purpose we're trying to achieve in the world, and making money is not a bad thing. No, <laughs> on the back of that, but. But not at the not, not at the detriment, detriment of society. Of yeah, 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 yeah. Of society. Right, look at how divided America is at the moment. Yeah. I would argue, and obviously we know the collusions and, and things that the, that the the Chinese and the Russians do to utilise social media to to, to fragment yeah. the public. Um, so yeah, so we we 
we've got lots of things that we're adding to the platform so we'll be able to get rid of fake news we're doing huge collaborations in music where we can find the latest artists and give the latest artists an opportunity to be found so we're just making generally making um, i guess social media a bit more responsible that's, right. the, that's the word, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, we have, they have a responsibility, and I think, well, and they have no... So we've got an incident at the moment. We spoke to a Premier League club on mon uh, last Monday, uh, and they said this is perfect timing because our star player, our star striker, has been racially abused twice in the last two games. Right, DM, throw through DMs, yeah. horrific DMs, horrifically racist DMs. Um, and said so Meta is refusing to give us the data, the, the user data so we can go and prosecute that person. So they got the username but it's been made up. Um, so Meta's refusing to give their club and the police the details of that user. It's terrible. We d it's terrible, but we don't have that problem because you'll never be able to get that onto our platform. Mm. You won't be able to, allow to do it. Magic. Uh, listen, uh, uh, one thing I do, I'll do <laughs> with the whole, we, we sort of alluded a little bit to it at the beginning. We've, Gilberto Silva, Roberto. How, how, how do you go from running true challenge to, <laughs> to it is now Gilberto's godfather to your yeah, yeah. <laughs> godfather baby? How does, this even, how does that even come about? These conversations. So Gilberto and I went. Uh, sorry, I went to a conference called SoccerX in 2016, and basically I had a mate who had uh, a stall at Soc SoccerX. Is like a, a, a conference for business people, business part of football, basically. Uh, so you have people there promoting their latest products and trying to sell it to football clubs that are walking around. Mm. And I was invited there. It was before my true challenge really came out, I think. Um, but I've got I'm okay to talk in front of people. So mm. there was a thing called RoboKeeper there. And they said, look, if you can come along and help us, we can give you a free ticket so you can network. I was like, okay, fine. So I was there with RoboKeeper. Robo um, and there was one of the networking things in the evening and Gilberto was the guest of honour. And one of my mates, Alex White, works for the Premier League and he's mates with Gilberto sort of thing as well. They're working together. And Gilberto just got introduced to me by Alex. And I was just going through my custody battle with my son at the time. And we, um, we were there. We spoke for three hours together, just like this we are. Two blokes never met each other. One won the World Cup and was nice and invincible. <laughs> One bloke definitely hasn't. Um, <laughs> and we just chatted for th for th two or three hours. We just sat there and talked. Didn't talk about football. Didn't talk about my app. Just two blokes. And we just connected on the value of our family. And our family becomes before anything else. And we connected on that value. Uh, and while we come from very different lives, very different careers, we both connected on that. Uh, and he said, look, I'll start to stay in touch. A year later, was in a, we did a podcast together. Six months after that, we... Um, invested in six months after that we started doing other stuff so it's been a gradual bit of trust organic trust that he believes me now we mess around all the time it's like my big brother we like constantly piss each other off uh, in fact i'll tell you a funny story so we were um we were just talking at one of the conferences there's only about a thousand people there and we were getting mic'd up behind behind the stage uh, getting to talk and we we're just talking with obviously a lot of Gilbert is quite a well-known person so yeah. people asking for questions and photos and stuff um, and then we get the nod that we're going to introduce us. So the woman, the, the lady brought me out and goes, right, we have the world's, the, f the CEO and founder of the world's first abuse-free social media platform, Tim Chase. And the crowd claps and I go out. And as I go through the door, you about to eclipse my heel. <laughs> so I trip, so I almost trip up and stumble forward. And I turn around and go, fuck off to him. Not realizing that my microphone's working. So the first thing the audience sort of <laughs> hear from the CEO of the world's first abuse-free social media platform is fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and the look on Gilberto's face, he could not have been happier. He could not have been happier. So it's, we have a real childhood. We are, we are, we not, we're both on this mission, as well as Roberto. Yeah. And Roberto's uh, a great character as well. Yeah, sure. Um, but he, um, 
we're both on this mission, but we have a bit of fun with it, and I think that's where we kind of connect. We we both want desperate to make a difference in our children's lives and our grandchildren and our great grandchildren's lives. But we've also got a bit of fun along with that, along the way. Yeah, what a great message! What a great message! Well, look, mate, we're c- we're coming we're coming towards the end. Um, always, I'm always keen to ask this question about, and uh, look, you've highlighted a lot of some challenges you faced and different parts of your journey but if you could go back to any point of it any point of your story and change it what would that be and why <coughs> I don't think I want to change anything um, I think everything that I've gone through I've gone through sounds very traumatic it's not that been traumatic it's been tough but it's not been particularly traumatic I don't feel everything that's where I am now and what I'm look hopefully going to achieve and what I've achieved so far is down to the experiences that have led me up to this point so it might have been upsetting or traumatic or hard or stressful and led me to this point. And it's all another um, brick in my resilience and has t- led me, given me the power to do the next thing. I may lose at one thing, but losing that one thing making me give the, um, the power and, and the resilience to go and achieve something else. So I don't think I'll change anything. Okay. If you could go back to the start of the journey yeah. of True Challenge. Yeah. What advice would you give yourself? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no. <I'd laughs> uh, what would I do? I'd say, I would, you know what I'd do? I'd be a bit more aware of the cost it's going to take, the toll it's going to take on me. That's what, I'd, uh, that's what I'd tell. If the question was, what would you tell yourself? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd be a bit more aware, be a bit more prepared of the toll it's going to put on me and also the people around me because they all suffer when they see me kind of suffering the stress. You know, as, as a parent, if you see your child, like, I'm severely stressed uh, and they're kind of, not the world against them, but the world's tough. You, you, would, you would struggle as a parent. I think that's what my parents kind of struggle with a little bit. They don't really understand the stress that I'm going through, mm. but they know and understand that I am stressed and they do everything they possibly can. So I wouldn't be here without them or my, my in-laws either. Um, but yeah, I'll just be a bit, maybe a bit, I'll tell myself to strap yourself in. It's going to be an emotional, f- beautiful, but really hard ride. And it's hard, I think, because I, I, I've talked to lots of people here. There's people who have got to that end point financially and had that security, sold businesses, made millions and blah, blah, blah. And they talk about, and there's the whole cliche of trying to enjoy the journey. Mm-hmm. And, and you alluded to a little bit there about having fun, which is a key, a key thing, definitely. Um, but it's hard. I think, like, like, with the listeners out there and people who are thinking about starting their journey, and or people that are in it at the moment as well. And and I think it's, it's so important to recognise that he is tough. Being an entrepreneur, taking this journey is tough, and and people can oh, just enjoy the journey, but it is hard to enjoy all the time, right? Is there's two things that get me through. One is that when it's tough, this is the bit when most people quit. Yeah. And this is where the, this is where most people quit. So that kind of gives me the power to go through. And there's another story uh, about Australia again. So there are the gold these gold mines. I'm going to butcher this story, but go with the sentiment of the story <laughs> rather than <laughs> taking it as the actual gospel truth. So there were some gold miners uh, that bought a mine, and for 30 years they were digging in this gold mine, and were digging and digging and digging. And in the end, they were like, "We're out of money. We're going to have to sell this place." So they sold it for pittance. Two days later, the people who bought the mine found the biggest gold reserve in Australia's history. And it was like half a metre from where they stopped digging. Wow. Wow. That's the other one that gets me through. Mm. It's the, it, the thought of 
you stop him, someone else is going to come along. Right. Maybe it's fear of missing out rather than fear of failure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a bit of FOMO. <laughs> Mate, fair play. Well, look, essence of the podcast is helping the world to see success differently. I know we share, obviously, as we talk through this conversation, we share some similar values around this, but just always I'll finish off with where you've been, where you are, where you're going. Define success for me. I think most people think success, when you think success, maybe you go, how much money have you earned? How much, what car do you drive and what house you have in? Uh, I think success needs to be fulfilling to you and so that your kids want to spend time with you. So your kids and your family want to spend time with you. That's success for me. So my, my ultimate dream is my parents to be on a train somewhere or my kids to be on a train for somewhere and they look between the seat and the person in front of them is a the driver. And they can go, they, they don't have to say anything, they just go, my boy made that. That's what, that's for, that for me, that would be success. My boy did that. Or my dad did that. That's such a fascinating point, and I really want to touch on that. Is Two things here. Do, do you, do you feel that, that, your mum and dad if you ask them that are they proud of 100% yeah this is a tough thing that I've always struggled with so I'm going to get upset again <laughs> never cried so much on the podcast so I think absolutely they are um, I think because of the financial pressure I put on them in the past I feel like I've let them down a little bit but they would be so proud again they don't understand they see me on Sky Sports News and go this is amazing and I don't think I don't I know they're proud of me but I know my my work is unfinished yet so I get lots of people saying, like you've said, you've been on Sky Sports News, you've been on this thing, you've mates with Roberta Carlos and Roberta Silva. I'm not where I want to be yet. I'm not where I'll be yet. I'll happily take the ac- praise and accolade there until my f- my parents are in a house. They were in a house, but my pa- parents' future is whatever that may be is settled. My kids' future, I'm not done yet. So I struggle to take praise um, until I've completed my mission. Does that make sense? So I'm, my mission is far from over. <laughs> I'm not quite as much of a podcast as I is, but I think because it's so much of it resonant like I'm 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 so similar in that sense that I I, I know I know that my mum and dad love me and I know yeah. they're proud of me but I don't think I'm proud of myself enough to, 100%. to, to until I'm at that situation yeah. where I don't, like they will tell me they are but I don't and I don't know what, what it is for you is it's like, like what, why is it that we crave that validation so much from mm-hmm. them. I don't, I don't know where that... I think it's a natural instinct. We want to be praised by our kids. No, oh, sorry, praised yeah, by yeah, our parents. Yeah. Why don't we do an excellent... What, what, what do you think my parents would say about me? Sorry, I flipped the other way. What do you think... What, should I, what do I think your parents would say about you? I think your parents would say you're working really hard. I think that your parents are definitely proud of you. I think you're obviously a family man and your kids love you. We love you being around the kids. I think we need to talk to ourselves as if one of our mates was talking to us. You know what I mean? It's back to that self-talk. It thing, is. It is. And I've never done what I've just done. I've never done that before, so it might have been a catastrophic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that's what we got to think of. You know, we're so self-critical because we have had struggles, mm. and we don't know the impact on other people. But I think we're all here. We're all alive, mm. generally speaking. <laughs> um, let's enjoy it while we're here. You know, and let's give us the most important thing in my life is my kids, and that's why I said I have that structure of work where I don't want to ever be. I don't want them to ever send that second letter mm. to me. Mate, honestly, wow, what an <coughs> amazing 
powerful. Thanks for making me cry so much. I don't know what to say. But listen, what what um, I think what you're trying to what you're trying to achieve is incredible, um, and what you will achieve. That's how I'm going to put it. Here, what you will mm-hmm. achieve is is incredible, and it is gonna it is gonna disrupt and it is gonna change the world. And I think um, I think you should where you are right now. You should be proud. But I'm going to be looking forward to sitting on that train, looking over someone's shoulder and seeing tr- something on the Strider. And I will, I will think of this moment. So, thank you, um, mate. mate. Thank you so much for for your time. Your honestly, your openness and honesty and vulnerability has has been so powerful, and I'm really grateful for that. Right. And I'll listen. I wish you continued success with Strava, and it's going to absolutely be amazing. So, thank you, mate. Cheers, mate. Thank you for having me. And that, as they say, is a wrap. <laughs> <laughs>